Mindset Podcast. We're your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Thank you for being here. Want to go through a debrief episode. Uh, I've got a few things. This might wind up being all over the place, but some of these things are kind of rattling around in the old brain here, and I thought I would share them with you. And as always, the mission here is to try to make something useful out of the trash pile that is social media. So uh, we try to pull something out and learn from it or grow from it or something. So uh, that's the idea. So let me get started here um, and pick one of these things to share with you. This one, uh, let's play it. Deep work. I think it's a critical behavior for success in any sort of non-trivial knowledge work. It's the ability to give each thing attention until you reach a stopping point. So it can be your full cognitive context is the thing you're working on. This is how you unlock the full potential of your brain, avoid fatigue, avoid anxiety. One thing at a time, giving each thing its attention due. What is So that was something that I was just listening to from another podcast. Um, uh, I forget what it's called. It was uh, Chris uh, something. Let me see if I can look it up here. So I found it super, super fascinating. Um, it was with uh, that guy in uh, Alex Hormozzi. And, you know, I have some opinions about Alex Hormozzi, but, um, you know, take him or leave him. But it was that if you want to be successful, you really truly need to dial into one thing, you know, you've, you've got to focus on something for a set period of time. So he was, you know, uh, Alex was talking about, you know, early on, uh, well, he, he was sort of saying that he's able to like his superpowers, he's able to focus for like six hours, which, you know, I, I don't know about all that, but what he was talking about was that early on he, struggled so he would think that he would be spending like eight hours or so working but in reality you know he would he was really spending about three with you know the other five was like looking at the internet and talking to people and and stuff like that so he wasn't really getting the you know uh full breadth of what he wanted to out of you know his work day so i found that you know youtube short about uh deep work and in it's super fascinating to think about, uh, you know, do you have the ability uh, to really focus on something, you know, uh, can you do that? Do you work in an area which, which lets you do that? Or are you sort of forced to, you know, jump around all day? Um, you know, I have the luxury of, I can come in early in the morning and, you know, focus for a couple of hours on one task and, I do think that that's part of why I'm able to get things done uh, as compared to some other people that I, that I watch uh, working that sort of struggle finishing tasks, uh, you know, focusing, you, you can only do one thing at a time and, you know, you could think you're a good multitasker, but the human brain really can't multitask. It, it just has to do one thing at a time. So this next one here, let me, let me share this, uh, this next one. I'm going to go, 
uh, with a tab here. Let's see what I've got. Um, this one, another Mark Manson. I always love his things. And this one is about, are you an expert or are you just bullshitting yourself? Um, I'll read it. Expertise makes something complex appear simple and intelligible. Bullshit makes something simple appear unnecessarily complex and unintelligible. Expertise creates value for people who don't know better. Bullshit extracts value from people who don't know better. I, I, you know, this is a, this is cool. Cause this is a new, uh, not new for me, uh, thinking about it this way, but putting it in this lens and I can put it in this like Mark Manson, uh, lens and it's going to help me sort of run things that I'm saying to, you know, clients. That is this lens that are you bullshitting? Are you selling? Are you making something look better than it is or whatever for your sake or for the sake of, you know, moving the ball? Or are you really an expert in talking about the thing from your, a level of expertise that you've developed? I sort of pride my work when, when I want to consider something that I've done successful, I will often think that it is uh, minimal. And, and when I say minimal, I mean minim in the term of minimalism. Like I, I kind of value that, like in art, in design, in communication. I think, you know, the less, <laughs> this podcast is probably not a good example of that, but, you know, the less you can say to convince someone or to communicate your point, the more elegant that thing was. And I think that's what he's getting at here is, you know, the true expert can take something complex and make it look easy to understand, you know, but if you're taking something that, you know, is easy and you're making it sound complex because you're trying to puff it up so that you can sell it for more money or convince someone that you're smarter than you are and you're using, you know, whatever, a use this term bullshit, you know, what are you doing? And I like that. And I like to use that. I'm going to use that as, as like I said, sort of a lens as I'm communicating to people about, you know, what I do for a living. Am, am I, am I taking something that's hard to understand and simplifying it or am I making something simple and complicating it? Let's move on. This other thing here, I, I've been coaching a couple of people on this and I and until I came across this uh, post it didn't it solidified in my brain when I when I came across this and, and I was able to communicate and that's this all or nothing mindset in 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 this context fitness but it goes with uh, everything okay so what is an all or nothing mindset the idea that everything fits into rigid categories either one way or the other with no nuance, like black or white, right? It appeals to your brain because it makes things sim seem simple, clear-cut, and easy to put in the boxes. On the surface, it makes things makes it look like decisions will be easier, but it leads to rigid thinking, okay? Dichotomous, binary thinking, you know, zeros and ones, black or white. So here's some examples from her post, uh, Steph Goudreau, Goudreau. This workout isn't long enough to count for anything. I didn't hit a PR. I'm such a failure. 
that work meeting spilled over into my training time. The whole session is ruined. So why do it at all? There's no point in doing it if I can't do it perfectly. I didn't hit my, you know, goals yesterday. So I'll just start again later blowing the rest of the day away. Had to skip a training session this week and now I've messed it all up. I have to start all over again. So these outlooks and I have a couple of people that I, that I train that, you know, let's just, let's just look at the fitness principle. So we'll have a specific workout and it's part of the, the weekly cadence of workouts as part of the, you know, system and the workout is, you know, it's CrossFit based, but the workout's like 15 minutes, but they'll feel like, well, I didn't move for 40 minutes. So therefore I didn't get uh, enough out of it. Well, at the same time, completely missing the approach that was explained. You know, this, this 15 minutes is like a, a sprint. You have to move fast. You're going to move with high intensity through the whole thing, which, you know, they don't, they move like it's a 40 minute workout. And so, you know, one, they're missing the point and two, they're sort of stuck in this all or nothing thing that they have to do it like they've done it every day or it's not going to be good. That's a struggle. Another one is, you know, letting other things affect what you're going to do and therefore throwing it out. Like the one example that work meeting spilled over to my training time, you know, my timing is ruined, so I'm not going to do it at all. You know, what to do instead, get more aware of the words you're using that may indicate all or nothing thinking, right? You have to, and then this other one, uh, shift binary thinking by brainstorming third options, right? So if you are a person that's sort of all or nothing, you know, like, uh, let's say you, let's say you did a work and I have, you know, this is another one where you have a workout and that person didn't do things as fast as they estimated before they started. So therefore they consider themselves for that day in that workout, a failure. Um, you know, you're not, you, you came in and you worked out, you did the thing, you know, you, you got value out of it, whether you believe it or not, because of your binary thinking, you need to start considering that third option, which is like, you know, one hundred percent. Two, I didn't quite get hundred percent. Three, I still did the thing, and I got something out of it. It might have been ninety percent, right? So that is still a success. It doesn't mean because you didn't get the hundred percent, it's a zero sum, right? That's not how life works. Um, and then you know, the last one here is creating goals that focus on progress, not just the outcome, right? So. You know, when it, specifically when it comes to fitness, any progress is good progress. You're not going to make all your progress at one time. The same goes for business. The same goes for work. You know, you, you're not going to make all your goals at one time in one day. It's going to take time. So you can't look at it as a, as a you know, zero-sum game. Sometimes you can. You know, maybe payday. Payday is a zero-sum game. You either get paid or you don't. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, the things you do to get there, uh, you know, not really. Um, all right, let me let me get this other one in here. Um, and I want to talk about this one. This one is definitely um, not, let's say, why everyone. Yeah, here we go. Let's see. Chrome tab, why everyone. All right. This one's definitely uh, 
not in the necessarily the same line here as thinking, but but I find it uh, interesting just as well. Isn't all Brazilian jiu-jitsu isn't so much fighting someone. It's almost like having a dance with someone. A little bit more potentially aggressive, but you're both putting trust in each other. You're both partaking in the same rule set with the same outcome. And it's the only martial art where there's no striking. I hate striking. I don't like punching. I don't like being punched. And if we look to other martial arts like boxing, 99% of your time as a boxer, you're not hitting someone, you're hitting bags and pads that imitate someone. And then when you do eventually get to the point of the whole sport, which is punching another person in the face and the body, they can hit you back in the face and the body. And then you're either not punching each other, which is not really the martial art, or you are punching each other and it hurts. You get a liver shot, a black eye, CTE to the head, taekwondo, karate, all of these with strikes to the head. And the more we learn about concussions and head injury and stuff, it's not great for brain health. And right. limited so he's just kind of going off about head injuries. Um, this is this is James Smith, and I really like his content. He's he's really great. Uh, he, I don't know if you've come across him or not. He's really in depth about the way he explains fitness and his approach to fitness and everything. I will say that this one in particular angers me, though. Um, what I don't like is when you know someone is making a comment he's comparing jujitsu to striking right and he's apparently he's taken up jujitsu i don't i don't know what rank he's at he's like a purple belt or something which is cool i've trained both for a long time and i've always gotten more injured doing jujitsu than i have the other part the striking I don't know that, you know, I don't I don't know his full extent of his experience, but I feel like this one is particularly talking about something that he, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience in. You know, um I'm just tired of those people that train jiu-jitsu um earlier on in their journey commenting and teaching about things that they haven't completed the journey on. And I respect your opinions, but you can build jujitsu up without tearing down other arts. So, and I, I commented that on, on this, on this thing here. Um, this is a, let's see, I mean, I made this comment. I don't know if you can see it on his, you know, of obviously no one's responded because, you know, I'm not like that's super awesome. No one's going to really care. But it's not just jujitsu people. It's not just, you know, people in the martial arts world. It is, and that's my rambling attempt at, you know, uh, I guess I'm bullshitting here and not being minimal and, and explicit. But Being an expert in something doesn't, it's not just that you know a lot about it, okay? It's that you have, being an expert involves this idea that you have completed some set of a journey, okay? You've seen something through. And, you know, we can debate black belt all we want. Black belt is generally considered a decent part of a journey, okay? You know, it's not the end all be all, but it is you know, zero to 10, okay, or zero to 100, whatever scale you put it at, you have seen something through, particularly in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it can take you eight to 10 to, you know, 15 years or whatever to get to your black belt. 
someone who's sort of mid-level making commentary about how it is such a greater thing than other things, one, you haven't traveled the full path on the one thing you're talking about. And two, you certainly haven't traveled a full path on the other thing you're talking about. You know, I, I wouldn't stand here and say that I'm a end-all be-all expert in either one, but I've done striking arts for over a decade. I've trained jujitsu for, you know, half that at least, you know, and I have my opinions, but I, I'm not going to stand here and make, you know, videos touting one better than the other one for, you know, things that I don't fully know about. I'm picking on him. He's not the only person that does this sort of thing. I think we tend to do this in general. And it's something that I wanted to bring up because I think it's important that we, that we recognize that in ourselves and make sure we're not, you know, bullshitting. <laughs> like Mark Manson says, that we're not being that false expert. You know what I mean? I think it's important for validity for you know whatever it is in in terms of you wanting to uh really actually help people okay um all right so we're gonna get one more in here want to find someone's true age listen to them if they talk about the past and they talk about all the things that happened and that they did they've gotten old if they think about their dreams their aspirations, what they're still looking forward to, they're young. Right? I mean, that's such a great one, isn't it? I wrote a whole bunch of this about um, for my gym, and I, I put together this whole uh, blog post and you know put it out there and, and shared it with everyone about that entire uh, episode uh, I think it's 392 with Peter Atia, and it, it's like it's like four hours long. And by the way, Peter Atia's book, Peter Atia's book is like it's like a thousand pages or something. It is a crazy, in-depth book. I cannot recommend it more. Uh, but I love what he had to say about that. If you want to find someone's true age, listen to them. If they talk about the past and all the things that happened to them and the things they did, then they've gotten old. But if they still focus on building the future, what they're going to do, they're still young, at least young at heart, young at mind. It's so important to embrace success, to integrate like failure and loss and, and, and feel it and get get through life with it, but you cannot get stuck there. It's important to build upon those stepping stones, but you cannot get stuck on that, on that step. And he's right. He's right. I don't, I know a lot of people that live back where I live and they're, they're stuck in the things they did in high school. And, you know, and I'm 49 and I still have a lot of plans and a lot of things that I'm trying to do and trying to build this podcast. I look forward to learning and expanding my mind just a little bit every day and helping. And maybe you get something out of that. And one person out of anyone who looks at this gets something out of it. It makes me feel good. And that's living in my opinion. And I love that. And I wanted to share that with you because I think it makes a difference. Here is another one that I really dig. 
another Jocko, of course. This is Jocko and his daughter. So, as we know, life can be hard. And jujitsu is a good way to learn to deal with hardships in life because repeatedly you're going to be put in spots that don't feel comfortable, don't feel good. And you got to learn how to mentally Still get talking about jujitsu here. You got to create a path in your mind to go down when things get rough and you know you can get through it. And we were talking about how you can create a good path, like you're getting through situations, or you can create a bad path where you get upset, you get uh, bummed out on yourself, and you kind of give up. And so if you create that path in your mind, you have to fully pave it over, re <laughs> repath the pathway, and get back on it. Yeah, that's it. You can create the bad path, getting mad and getting frustrated, or you can be can make the good path of staying calm and figuring out the solution. Little jujitsu applies to life. We'll talk to you later. Out. Man, what a great one. The little jujitsu applies to life. He's always very positive, and it's really cool seeing, um, you know, him and his daughter being super positive together. I love that guy. So you can re, you have to repath the path. So he's talking about when you know life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's a it's a cool jujitsu way of saying that same thing. Repath the path. I'm gonna carry that one with me. I hope you do too. I'm not gonna try to say it better than Jocko and his daughter there, but uh, repath the path. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade. That's solid. Um, all right. Here's another one. We're getting close to the end of the ones that I've pulled out for us today. If everything is urgent, then nothing is urgent. I have seen technical writing, not technical writing, sales writing or emails or whatever from salespeople and stuff. And like half the damn email is bolded. Or do you get emails from that person that's always, you know, setting in as urgent? I have, I have a couple of people I've, work with that every email is this like got the little exclamation point for urgency i find that so funny if everything's urgent nothing is urgent just like in martial arts just like in jujitsu in in karate karate we have a one of the guiding principles is um the extension or contraction of the body swift or leisurely application of technique and it's talking about rhythm you know no, and in jujitsu, you have to know when to when to be uh, strong and fast, and you have to know when to be relaxed and and move slow. And if you're always doing one of the other, your opponent can control you. But if you use that rhythm, if sometimes things are urgent and sometimes things aren't, if sometimes things you use your strength and sometimes you are uh, feeling and, and receptive to energy before pushing energy back, then you can win. If everything is urgent, then nothing is urgent. If you don't have one thing that you're going to focus on and you're trying to do 20 things, you're going to do zero things well. That's just how it works. Yeah, so I realized I wrote this article a while back um, once I saw this one from Mark Manson. Recently, someone said to me, strictly speaking, I don't believe in luck. And it got me thinking. Last month, I urged readers to do something that will make them luckier in life. And some dudes replied, said he doesn't believe in luck. Luck is a concept that we humans have developed to explain why we aren't successful or why other people are. You mentioned luck being created while I get the essence of what you're saying, blah, 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 blah. So what he's saying is that um, 
you know, luck is a circumstance of doing things that moves the needle towards, you know, whatever you want to be successful. Obviously, there are outliers. Obviously, there is, you know, random things in the universe that happen. But generally speaking, luck is something that we wind up creating. So I, it made me remember this article that I wrote uh, a long time ago. Man, when was this? Um, January 8th, 2015, right? So it's uh, this idea of grit versus luck. And I was saying that I think saying good luck to someone before they take on a big challenge or, or whatever it is, um, it's not quite right. Like, I like the sentiment, right? It's, you know, we're wishing them well. Um, but, you know, oftentimes something like don't quit or don't give up, um, you know, saying that luck has anything to do with your success, it just doesn't feel right. You mean, you know, like, was I lucky to pass that test? No, I studied. I worked, I worked my ass off to get there. I earned it, you know? Um, and yeah, so that's what this is about. I'll, I'll link this back up. And I thought it was, was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know that I've followed through with this. I still say good luck to people, but, uh, you know, I think, I think the sentiment's still there. So yeah, thoughts lead to purpose, purposes, purposes go forth in action, actions form habits, habits decide character and character fixes our destiny from, from trying Edwards. And, and I fully believe that. Um, and then the last one, and I don't know how this quote, I will definitely end with this quote. I think it's pretty, pretty solid. You will continue to suffer if you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you. True power is sitting back and observing everything with logic. If words control you, that means everyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass. Immortal words of the late and great Bruce Lee. We've heard lots of play on this from, you know, like Mike Tyson has a cool, uh, a cool podcast he was on, goes around the, the internet on Instagram and stuff a lot of times where he's talking about he can't let someone make him angry because when they make him angry, they control him. It's so true. That same po podcast earlier with Chris Wilkes, Wilkes, I can't pronounce his last name, um, Modern modern Motivation or, or something like that with uh, Alex Hermosi, they were talking about this very same thing. And, and Alex had a whole 10-minute, uh, 15-minute thing about how he, you know, he realized that the anger he felt towards his parents judging him, he was giving them control. He was actually giving them control. So, you know, you, you, you bring that girl home, you bring that boy home or whatever, and your parents don't approve of them and you get angry, you're giving them that control. They're actually controlling, you know, who you are wanting to spend time with and see, and, and you need to keep that control within yourself. So you will continue to suffer if you react emotionally to all of that stuff, right? The true power is when you can sit back and just say, okay, and so what? You know, if someone disagrees with you, are you going to spend, well, if someone's going to disagree with you over something that really doesn't matter, are you going to spend all your time trying to convince them? Or, you know, is it, is your time better spent just shutting that down and moving on? It's a good question something you i think you have to weigh constantly in in you know your personal and your business world and stuff like that so i hope you get something out of that that was a little rambly uh, again debriefs can kind of be that way 
because it's just stuff on the internet that I picked up over the past couple of weeks. Love these things. I'm going to post all these links to all these things in the in the blog post that goes along with the podcast so you can go find them yourselves and bookmark them and you know follow the the people who put them out there, you know, they they put out stuff good stuff all the time. If you like this kind of stuff, send me some things that you find that you you think are helpful that helped you that you think might be worth me taking a look at and sharing. I would love to do that. You can do that through the podcast itself and Spotify or go to the Warrior Mindset website. There's a place to submit some things. Would love to hear from you. Share the show. You know, if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, please. If not, you know, pass it forward, send it to someone you think might, you know, like to listen to goofy stuff like this that I like to, to share. Until next time, thank you so much. Get after y'all.